The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Hi, I'm Ken Crowther and this is the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast on BBC Sounds. I'll be taking your calls on everything from clematis, seeds germinating and even greenhouses. We've also got some top tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden, plus my plant of the week. We go straight to your calls. And this week we start with Wilma, and she's in Malden. Morning, Ken. What can we do for you today? Um, This is a call um, on behalf of my daughter, who tries to be a good gardener, um, but doesn't have a lot of time. Um, uh, It's about a clematis. Mm Mm-hmm. I only grow group one because they're nice and easy to prune. I don't want to give her the wrong advice about hers. I think it's a Jackmanii. Right. Um, Is that group two, Ken? It flowers a bit later on, yeah. Okay, Um, right. Um, She didn't prune or cut back the flowers after flowering last summer. And now she has lots of small buds. Um, I I don't know whether to tell her to... Prune now or right? Is it them. is it very big? Is it you know? Is it very big indeed? It's yeah? not really. No, um, she does has a small garden, so she, she nothing is too big. Right. If if no, what I meant is it's a clematis quite yes. hanging out from the from its side or from where no, it's, it's not, growing. No, it is not too bad. No. It's not. All I would do at this stage is if you haven't touched it at all, I would lightly go over it. With a pair of, say, secateurs or small snippers and just cut a straggly growth off. That's all I would do at this stage. Okay. And I think you'll find that then it will flower and grow very well indeed. Okay. So the buds that she's got, um, it just sounded to me that she had so many and because she didn't... But does she mean flower buds or they're leaf buds? She thinks they're flower buds. I reckon they're not flower buds. I reckon they're leaf buds. Ah, right. Um, Unless they're very fat indeed, I will be very surprised. Okay, uh, so a flower bud um, is uh, the, the much fat. You see, what happens is you get a leaf yeah. bud; it will form the leaf cluster, and from that you'll get more growth and then some flower bud. Ah, so, okay. So I think right. she's got leaf buds. Leaf buds. Okay. So if she's well, careful and doesn't cut all the buds off anyway, which she's not going to, if I say no. just carefully remove all the straggly and the, the loose stuff, she'll have enough buds if she's worried about some of them being flowers. How okay. about that? And, Ken, she should um, cut back after flowering. Is that right? It's better to cut back after flowering, yes. Yeah. Do you cut just the head off? Do you dead head or do you come down a stem? I come down the stems. Personally, I come down the stems because if not, they get far too top-heavy. That's absolutely brilliant. Thanks very much indeed. Okay, that's a pleasure. That's Wilma, and Wilma is from Malden. And we now go back, go to Karen in Ramsey. Hello, Karen. Morning, Ken. Clacton on Sea. Are you near? Near Clacton, yeah. yeah. Ramsey, uh, Dover Court, Harwich area. Yeah, lovely area. Right, what what can we do for you now? Right now, I have sown seeds in the past, and I do have success, but it's almost like a comedy of errors. On Wednesday afternoon, I sowed my seeds in a heated propagator, and already this morning, I've got success. Right, what are we... Hang on, what seeds are we talking about? Oh, sorry, flower seeds, marigold, crackerjack. Right, okay. Um, They're up and ready. Yeah, they're up, but of course, it's almost like they bolt. They shoot out of the ground or out of the soil. Then they start to become so leggy. Yes. So my actual question, because obviously not all of them have germinated at the moment, but should I now switch the heat off, bring the propagator indoors where there's more of a, they're outside in an unheated conservatory? Should I bring them now indoors, switch the heat off and then just let them, the rest of them try to come to and yeah. try to stop the legginess? I think you might be, I think the, one of the problems is you might be a little bit early. You're a bit oh. slightly early. Uh, the seed pack is... February on the pack. Exactly. It sells, tells you <laughs> so off we go. We do always do what oh. it says. Um, you see, you're giving it bottom heat, which will force it, as you quite rightly say, and produce quite a leggy seedling. Um, is How cold is this conservatory? Uh, during the week, the temperatures have got quite low, haven't they, at night? So, yes, yeah. it is chilly out there. OK. Um, yes, you would be better without the bottom heat. Ah. Um, once you've germinated them, 
definitely you don't want bottom heat. You've got them up, you've got them growing, you're better off without that bottom heat because they'll grow away without that. And I think you're quite right to bring them in, but you need good light, and that's exactly. so important. And that's that, almost a conflict, isn't it? You know, don't put is. them in direct sunlight, but they need yep. to be near the light. And that in itself, you know, they all start leaning over within a matter of hours. <laughs> and then I think, oh, no, what do I do now for the bit? Yeah, that's right. So I think, I think it's a very difficult propagating. Propagating seeds without a heated greenhouse is actually quite tricky, isn't it? Because you've got night temperature problems yeah. in a cold greenhouse. Or a cold or a cold conservatory. I think what you would be better to do is bring them indoors, but try and find it's is the window sill to the conservatory, or is the window sill to an outer window? Um, the, the, if I brought them into the house, then I've got um, three um, three directions: of, that's you know, the what morning you want. sun on the east, then right. in the afternoon to the west, and then to the south. Uh, that's that's what yeah. you want, Karen. That's the one that you've got to use. So. Um, I Which would one? definitely bring them. Well, bring them indoors. No more. No hot sun. All no right, hot even sun. Even though all the others still haven't germinated, just now. Many, have you got a good showing already? Uh, about a dozen. A dozen, and you want yeah. more? Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I sowed a few more than that. Leave, leave them a little bit, and then I would take the. You've got the lid on, haven't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Take the lid off a bit in the day, oh, and just let right. them have a bit of air. <laughs> okay. That, that'll help. Because if not, you're building up this huge, uh, you know, very heavy, moist air within yes. it. All right? Okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going Get to a few more and, and then bring them in. Bring them back in. All right, yeah. well, I appreciate that advice. Thank you. That's all right. Okay, pleasure. See you. Bye. That's, bye. That's Karen in Ramsey. And we go to Steve in West Mersey. Hello, Steve. Sorry to keep you waiting there. That's all right, Ken. Thanks. Um, well, you planted onion sets, yeah? Yeah, I'll put them in in the autumn. Yep. And then they've sort of like a foot high. They're, yep. they're being swarmed over with weeds. I well, was gonna I was gonna weed but where it's a wet Yeah. Have I it, wondered if you can transplant them. Well in theory yes, but they're not gonna like it and they could bolt depending on what the weather does, and that's gonna be your problem. Right. Um have you got gaps between wideish gaps between the rows? Oh, yeah, about six inches. Not enough, possibly. Uh, do you do double rows and then leave a wide row, which is what a lot of people do? No? No, I just do six inches apart. And yeah, because what, what I was thinking is, you see, what my, my old dad and I used to, well, he, he was the, he was the uh, veg-growing man. Uh, we used to use two rows and leave a slightly wider row. Then if it was wet like it is at the moment, we'd put an old scaffold board down and work off the scaffold board so we didn't crush the ground down too much. Yeah. And that's what we used to do. Now, right. that is what I think, in all honesty, I would try and weed rather than move. Right. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do, I'll transplant one row. Yep. And then, oh, and then I'll let you know what they've done. Right. Also, that will give you a wider piece of ground to work off a board. How about that? Yeah, you're right there. All right. Give it a go, okay. Steve, and let, let us know what goes on. Okay, thanks a lot. Pleasure that, don't forget, we have a number uh, free now. We've got a line free at the moment. That's on 0800 4041. And we're going to talk greenhouses with, yes, greenhouses with Zena. Is that right? From Whittam. Good morning, Ken. Hi. Uh, right. Greenhouse put up for me but has been put up in... To- oh, it's a surprise, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, it's been put up in the shade. When can I start planting some seedlings? And I do realise, obviously, it's going to be cooler in there than, you know, well, it doesn't get any sun. It gets no sun. That it, It's no, a shame it gets... <laughs> although in some in some ways, you don't necessarily always need full sun because full sun can be as irritating. Uh, if you get full sun all day in a greenhouse, it will burn everything up. Yeah. I'm not saying in total shade is ideal either. No. Um, it's a cold greenhouse, is it? It's a cold greenhouse, yeah. And have you got soil in it still? No, it's been put on a concrete base. Put on a concrete base. surprise well, for me. Right, OK, that's fine. Um you want to try, it is early. I yep. would say you're too early to sow pretty well anything in a cold greenhouse. But one okay. of your things that you can do a trial on is uh, if you put a container, how are you going to grow it? In grow bags on the ground or have you got staging? I've got staging. 
staging, I'd like to try annuals. I'd like to try a little bit of everything, but annuals, um, yeah, or, or just ordinary, just try a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. Yes. So there's nothing wrong with growing, say, carrots in containers. You can put those in containers. Or you can even buy a bag of compost, an ordinary multi-purpose compost, and cut, stand it on end, jump it down on the end and then cut the top off it and you can use it like a, a, a tub of compost to grow in. And that's quite a good way of growing things. You could use grow bags as well. But here's what I suggest you do is get some compost, fill up a pot, buy some radish seeds. Right. Now, radish seeds are cheap and cheerful. So all you need to do is sow a line of radish and... If they emerge, you know that the temperatures are getting to the point where you'll get tolerable germination. Okay. But I think you're a bit early. I would wait till March. Yeah, I'll wait till March. You might be able to... The things things you can grow in cooler conditions are some of the over... um, The lettuce, all-year lettuce, uh, you can grow spring onion... And radish. They're things that you could grow at this time of the year if you get enough warmth. Yeah, okay. All right? Yeah, that's lovely. Thanks for your help, Ken. That's a pleasure. Let's now look at plant of the week. I'm going to go for hyacinth. Now, okay, you might think, what a funny plant of the week. But no, very underused as a spring flowering bulb. When I was an apprentice in the Embankment Gardens in London, there was a cafe and it had a a, a sunken garden to the front where there were tables and chairs. And there were beds about a foot wide all round this sunken garden, and we used to plant them in blue hyacinths. My word, what a treat it was to sit there or just walk past in the spring. They were gorgeous. The perfume or scent used to hit you. Anyway, hyacinths, they're actually a small genus of plants, it's a, they're from the family of asparagacea, which you wouldn't really know, think of. They originate from Turkey right across to Palestine, so they come from quite warm places. And in fact, interestingly, the original wild-type hyacinth, not the bred one that we've uh, got to now, but the original was not a terribly hardy plant. It was quite smaller-flowered and not as strong in the old weather. If you get a bit of cold weather, it would disappear on you. Often thought to be in the same family as Muscari, but they're not. Nothing to do with them. Each bulb produces roughly six leaves and sometimes can have up to three flower spikes. They grow six to eight inches high, and the new ones, the the flowers are so tight, they're, they're, they're like compact. You could nearly hold the whole flower and pull it up with it. It's as easy as that. Um, Right, hyacinth orientalis, as I said, that's the one that's got this dense flower spike that they bred over the years, and it became very popular through the 18th century. And there's now, well, Holland grew nearly a 1,000 cultivars. You can get them in red, white, orange, violet, yellow. I'll tell you what I prefer. The blue. Um, Just a warning, the skin, when you're buying them dry, because that's when you normally buy them, you buy them in the autumn, you plant them up for the spring, just like spring flowering bulbs. Uh, The skin of the bulb can actually be an irritant to you, so be careful of that. Um, You can't forget that they're very, very fragrant, and therefore they're now grown for a cut flower. They're a very good cut flower. You see them used often in wedding bouquets, but I tell you what, if you get the chance of buying a bunch of hyacinths and having them in your house, it's worth having just for that scent. Absolutely fantastic. They're often also planted for... uh, In the Christmas period, you want them to flower then? Well, they are prepared ones. In other words, they're they're sort of teased into believing it's um, winter, They're cooled down to a low temperature and then sold and then they will grow on thinking that it is spring as the ground, as the pot gets warmer. They'll grow on to get bigger and bigger bulbs. They produce offsets. This is leaving them in the ground. The offsets will then start to flower, but they'll be a smaller flower and therefore not as significant. 
um, and people often will grow them in pots and containers around the 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 house and garden. They really are worth growing. Container of hyacinths. They just hit you. I know I went to a garden up in Norfolk um, and Alan had planted all these bulbs and you came around the corner of the house and you said, what is it? Hyacinth. You can buy them in pots at this time of the year so you can plant up your planters around the house and enjoy them now. But don't forget, next autumn, get some hyacinths. They're not expensive. Okay, they're a bit dearer than tulips, but they're well worth it. And we go back to Steve as promised, didn't we, Steve? Yeah, fine. Now he's home now, so what What greenhouse... Have you got a greenhouse, Steve? No, I want to get a greenhouse, but I've, I'm tight for space and I don't really want to put it up my allotment because you're not allowed glass up there. Yeah. Um, I know you can get toughened glass or plastic, but um, it keeps blowing the hoolie up there, so I should imagine that'll be up in the air more that's in the ground. Right. So I want to try and put one in the garden, but the space that I've got is um, very shady, would that be okay well, or not? It's, it's not ideal, as we were just speaking to that previous lady. Yeah, I realise Total that. shade is not ideal. Um, however, the, the, the upside is, I mean, the upside is it's warmer than the garden. The downside yeah. is that if you've got too much shade, just like growing a plant outside, it will try and grow away from the shade. Shade right. is... Shade is okay if it's not got overhanging trees or things like that. If it's getting shade yeah. from a building that's in a distance, it might work okay. Right, because it sort of it, it overhangs a load of um, Scots pine trees. So that's, um, you can it's see next to a fence, which is next to a shed. Yeah, so and you're listening. If you know, you you can hear what I'm saying. I don't know what the plants are that are there at the moment, but I bet you that if you look at your plants near that area, are they growing away from the tree? Yeah, uh, that's what you're up against, and you'll be right. up against that in the greenhouse. However, you can grow stuff in a greenhouse in shade. Okay, does that help you? Yeah, yeah, that does. Yeah, that does. I just keep thinking about it, and I really desperately want to get a greenhouse, but yeah. Um, Obviously, the space that I've got in the garden and that. Yeah. Um, why? Why don't you try a polythene, a small polythene tunnel or something like that up on the uh, up on the uh, on the allotment? Yeah, I was thinking, but some of them ones that I, I quite like because you can get cheapy ones for about a hundred, but some of the ones I quite like a deer. are about four hundred quid. I know they're a lot of money to get a good one that's going to last you. They're not cheap. I agree with you, Steve. No. So. No. Okay. Let us know how you get on. Decide what you decide. Yeah, I will. I will do, Ken. Lovely. Thanks. Nice speaking to you again. Okay, Steve. Thank you very much indeed. We go to Sandra in Boxstead. Sandra, what you got for us today? Uh, hello. Yes. Just problem with compost, actually. Right. Um, Is this compost we, you're making? Yes, compost right. we're making. Um, we've got three bins, and um, we've been doing it for several years, and we've got the the sort of structure right. The, the texture, yeah. But as soon as we use it, we have weeds come up, lots of little weeds. Right. Okay. Just wondering, are we not leaving it long enough before how long, we use it, or how long are you leaving it? And it sounds to me as if it's not heating up enough. Well, that's what I think. But how do you make it heat up more by leaving uh, it? Is it? Are you seeing it's moist? Because it it mustn't be wet, but it must be moist. Yes, it's moist, not wet. Moist, not um, wet. And it's usually left about a year before we use it. A year should just about do it, but it sounds mm. as if it's obviously not long enough. I mean, if you've right. got... They're the large drums, are they? No, um, my husband made them um, out of uh, corrugated metal. Oh, so they're quite big. They're quite oh, yes, big. they're quite big. They're Does about he... five foot, five, six oh, foot long. Very good. About three foot wide, and there's three of them. Does he turn? Do you turn the compost yes, at all? Yes, turn the compost. You're doing everything right. You mm. will get. I mean, it's one of all the banes in life. I think I would leave it longer. Yeah. Um, however, you will get some weed from your compost that you're using. You mm. can't not because, no. however much you turn it, remember that there's a fair bit that's on the outside, the top, and the edges, and yeah. all that area doesn't heat up to the same temperature as the middle. Mm-hmm. And that's why we turn compost to try and, you know, mix it a bit and get the temperature up to kill any seed. Mm. So when I use 
use it because I use it mainly sort of as a, a garden improver, but I yep. do pot up with some of it. Um, so I, I would, used it right, in the I middle. Would, I would not pot up with it because the nutrient value is quite low. It's very mm. low, in fact. Yeah, it's the only more... thing I really pot up in it is um, like broad beans, just to start them off. Well, I suppose that's quite a good idea. Yeah, yeah. no problem. Um, so if I used it more from the middle and left the outside and sort of turned that in and left that... Yeah, leave that for the other mm. year and add to it. Yeah. That All would right, be then. a better way of doing it. Give it a mm-hmm. try and let us know how you get on, Sandra. I will do. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Thank you for your call on 0800 4041. You can text me here in the studio, uh, 8133. Put Essex on the front. It's as easy as that. We go to... Where are we going now? We're going to go off to Basildon to talk to Michael. Aren't we, Michael? Yes. Good morning, Ken. Good morning there. What have we got today? Well, I'm a fair weather gardener. A lot of so people I'm... are. <laughs> <laughs> So all it is, um, I bought an amaryllis lily from yep. a supermarket, you know, get a lot for your money. Yeah. It was fantastic, threw two spikes up, bloomed beautifully. But what I really want to know is how to look after it for next year. Okay. So it's grown beautifully. You've had yes. leaf. You've had leaf. Yes. I've, I've still got fantastic leaf. The two flower spikes have obviously died now because they've right. finished flowering. And you let them yellow and cut them off? Or yes, what they're did, yep. still... No, I, let, I kept them till they yellowed down to the bulb. You're right. You've done it all right yep. so far. Now what you do is you slow the watering down. Yes, I've, I've actually stopped the watering. Well, don't stop it completely because while right. the leaf is there the nutrients are going back into the bulb and that's quite yes. important now basically you yes. keep it ticking over and i mean ticking over you keep it okay. on the dry side with a little bit of moisture and then yes. what you do is when we get to may june yes. or even may april depending on what the weather does you don't want to put it out in the cold yeah. but when the weather's nice yeah. and fine you pop it out in the garden, put it somewhere sheltered. You can even stick it, sort of heal it into a flower bed if you like, and just see yeah. that it occasionally gets a water, but not much at all. The leaves generally, sometimes they'll stay green, but usually they'll die back and you'll end up with the bulb sitting in the pot. Now, there's no yeah. need to repot it this year. Um, and all you have to do is when it starts to grow, which it will do sort of late August, early September, uh, you then start to water and feed. Right. And then you can bring it back indoors and off it goes again. Fantastic. Now, I won't guarantee you get a flower next year, but there's a good chance you might. Yeah? Well, I've, I've got a little tip, Ken. I don't yeah. know whether you will agree or disagree. It might be useful for other people. Yeah. When it doesn't seem to start to throw a spike up, uh-huh. I put some ice cubes in the pot. Right. And usually then that gets it into going. You're giving it a bit of a shock, are you? <laughs> not I think too much of a shock. Not too much of a shock. <laughs> well, there you go, you see. But just a few ice cubes, yep. you know. Yeah. No, I think um, that that's what this programme is all about, Michael. It's about passing on tips that work for you, might work for someone else. Yes. Thank you very yes, much indeed. You. Best of luck. And, and thank you, Ken, for your advice. Pleasure. That's Michael from Basildon. Give us a call now, 0800 4041. John is down in Billericay, aren't you, John? I am, Ken. What we got? Uh, I'm, uh, I grow um, potatoes every year in pots. Uh-huh. And uh, normally I buy them from the local uh, nurseries. But yep. this time I bought them through mail order. Okay. And they've turned up and more than half of them are very large. Yeah whereas I prefer just a small potato, and I calculate how many I need in each pot. And so I, you know, expect to get that sort of number. But I'm wondering, these large ones, can I cut them in half? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Now, have they started started chitting at all? They certainly have. Right. As soon as you've got a little bud... All you're looking for is a piece of potato that's got a couple of buds on it. So you could, oh. depending on the size, you could cut right. them. If you're very careful, you, I have cut them in three before at sort of triangles. But generally, you cut them in half. Good. 
Now, if you've got flowers of sulphur in that hanging about, you can rub a bit of sulphur on the on the edges of them. But if not, they'll just dry. The edge will dry just like a potato that you have in the kitchen. Right. And then you can chit them. They'll produce their a chit. You know, their small growths. Sure. And off you go. You're you're in luck. Where do you grow them, uh, John? Down the garden. Just down the garden in containers, though. In containers. Oh, that's right. Yes. And yes, it works, I, I works get well. Get less slugs in them. And what varieties are you growing this year that you've got them online? At the moment, I've got Rocket. That's a nice one, yeah. Um, Aaron Pilot. Good old favourite, yep. Yep. And, oh, that's Aaron Pilot too. I thought I got three. Uh, oh. What's that one? No, I got two. Um, but I, I, I got some last year. Yep. I was quite late and I went to Alton's. Yep. And I got a one I'd never heard of before and it was running out. And I got a really good crop from them, so I shall be popping down to Alton shortly <laughs> to renew my experience, I hope. <laughs> good. That's what I like to hear. Uh, send yeah. our regards to them all down there. We haven't heard from them lately, but um, they used to listen on a Saturday and um, put their oar in on when, if they didn't approve of what I was saying. <laughs> that was the, that, the, guy, the guys in the plant, plant, you know, the little plant shed up there. Yeah? Yes. Yeah, go and give him a nod and say, I haven't heard from you lately. Ken says, I haven't heard from you lately. Ken's right. feeling left out. Yeah. OK, then, John, thank <laughs> you very, very much. much indeed, Ken. Thank all you. The all the very best indeed. And we now go to... Where we sh- where should we go? Should we go to sunny South End to Ron? Hello, Ron. It's not very sunny, is it? No, it isn't. No. <laughs> Morning, Ken. Hi there. What, what are we going for? Christmas? Is it Christmas already? No, no, it's a Christmas tree that's in my back garden. It's about uh, 40-odd feet high. Really? I want, I want the top cutting out of it. I mm. want to know if it's going to kill it or not. It will not kill it, but it will make a very misshapen tree because you'll end up... It Normally, what will happen is it will twin branch. It will go into two two leaders. So you'll get a sort of twin at the top rather than a single Oh, I see, yeah. Um, what you can do, how much are you taking off? Oh, I think probably about 10 or 15 feet. And can will you be able to reach it still? Oh, I'm not going to do it personally. Oh, OK. No, well, if, if whoever whoever does it, what you can do is you can come back and take one of the leaders uh, away once they've grown, and therefore you'll end up with one leader again, which is uh, will make the shape look better. Oh, OK. And if you're having the top cut off... Uh, be careful. We get them to lightly trim, and I mean lightly trim because if they cut back too hard, if they don't, if they cut back within the wood, it won't last. If you cut back within the green wood and take some of the edge buds off, it'll bush a bit more, and you'll get a better shape. Well, you're talking about the lower branches now. Yes, as you come down. Have you been yeah. trimming it at all or not? No, I haven't done it. No, no. Right. Oh well, you've got a big tree there, Ron. Did you plant it, or was it planted there when you went there? Oh, I planted it in 1946. My word. So that's a few years old, isn't it? Yeah. 46. Yeah, flower pot on the table after Christmas. Ron, that is a fantastic story. Fancy having a Christmas tree that is... um, How I'm I'm scared. I don't mind me asking. How old were you when you had it on the table then, when it was on the table? How old? Yeah, when you had it as as a pot plant on the table. Well, I was... um, Yeah, I'm... You're trying to work backwards, aren't you? I'm 88 now. Coming You're up eight, 88, and it was there in 46, so you were about 10-ish, weren't you? Something like that. Well, just after the war, yeah. Just after the war. Ron, fantastic story, and thank you very much for that. That is a great story. Okay? Right, thank you. Cheers. Cheers, and again, be careful. You you do mis- make them misshapen when you take them out, but uh, we can't do much about that when you need to do it. We'll be back to your questions in just a little while, but now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, I've got some top tips. Well, are they top tips? They're useful tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden this week. I think it'll be really boring because, I'll tell you what, weeding... And I know the ground is very wet, but you can sometimes work off the edge of a border, off a path. Don't squash down the edges of those lawns, though. But it's worth keeping these weeds at bay. Um, annuals you just either pick off or dig off. 
perennials, it's worth I tell you something I'd use is a trowel. I go around with a trowel and if you can get the perennial weeds at this time of year and just dig them out, like things like uh, dandelion, uh, maybe um, you know, thistles, things like that. They've started to grow. Get them out with a trowel and it really works well indeed. I saw a, a big patch of nettles the other day coming up the side um, of a compost area because they love compost. And I tell you what, the new growth is looking really good. Now, you'll get told you can't use um, weed killers at this time of year, but they generally work at about 5 to 6 degrees. And at the moment, our temperatures are... Well, they're 11 at the moment here this Saturday. So I'll tell you what, they've been eight, nine, sevens, quite highs. So weed killer will work. It won't work as quickly. But if you get it on that lovely new growth of things like nettles, you will eradicate them a lot, lot easier. So it's worth trying to do that. So there are, there's one for you. Another one that is a reminder, and I keep on about the weeding, but I'm going to keep on about pruning as well. If you haven't done your fruit tree pruning, get the fruit trees um, done now. Now, this means apples and pears. This does not mean um, that you must do your cherries and your stone fruits because they definitely must not be done at this time of the year because you can get bacterial canker into the plant if you leave wounds open. So they are. That's something to lock out for. Cut off those water shoots and open up the centre of the tree. Other than that, prune to shape. Don't be too heavy on it and watch that if your apples are produced on the ends of the tips, do not, and I mean do not, uh, be very clever. Do not cut them all off because if you cut them all off, you'll be cutting the fruit buds off. It's a reminder as well that your grapevines, which is really urgent, they're best done in November, around Christmas time. Uh, the sap is starting to rise and they'll bleed if you're not careful. So seriously, get your grapevines done as well. Cut back to two or three buds. Um, that's all you need to do. And train the main leaders, hold those in place and cut the other ones back to three buds. Same with wisterias. Do exactly the same with wisterias. Keep your main framework and then cut back to two or three buds. There you are. Simple as that. There's a couple of jobs for you. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. We go to Michael from Wickford. Where's Michael? He's here. He's in Wickford. We're talking, Hello, Ken. We're talking red robins, aren't we, Michael? Yes, I've got two red robins, Ken. They're about six foot high. But all, all the leaves are green, but they've got loads of black spots on, and they right. all keep falling off. Okay, what, right. What's the trouble? Well, it's got it's got um, it's got uh, fatinia spot. Now, people would worry about fatinia spot, but you don't have to particularly. It's right. caused by a, a stress that's happened to it, either too dry through a summer period or wet, um, and that will encourage it to get this spot. Um, right. Basically, what the red robin will do, it will drop the leaves. And remember, they always drop leaf anyway at this time of the year as they grow new growth. You've got new growth and you've got new red growth coming, have you? Yes, I have, right on the top, because I was going to cut all, the, all right. the branches off that haven't okay. got the leaves on. But because all that's coming, I yep. want to know, shall I leave it alone? I would enjoy the red and yep. then, then prune it. When it's finished being as red as it is... Yeah. Then prune it back a bit and you'll encourage new growth from lower down right. and then it'll grow. Most important right. thing is that all these leaves that have dropped, yeah. clear them, them up and get yeah. rid of them. Don't leave them on the compost heap, just get rid of them. Right, I'll have to get a rake in and rake them all up because yes. they're everywhere. Yep, get rid of them. Yeah. And then in the spring, come March yeah. time, give the plant a really good feed and you'll find that it'll work really well. Right, what sort of feed, please? It, any, even something as basic as grow more, good old grow more, oh, right. yeah, something yeah. simple Got, like that. I might have some of that in the shed, yeah. Well, yeah. they are. That saves you going out and buying it, doesn't it, Michael? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Pleasure. Right. All okay, the best. thank you very much. Bye-bye yeah. there. That's uh, Michael from Wickford, and we go to Ian from Wickford as well. But we're not talking Red Robins with you, are we, Ian? Uh, no, Ken, no. Uh, it's regarding compost. Yes, what would you like to know? Uh, you were speaking to a lady a little while ago about compost. 
Yes. I believe you said that DIY compost doesn't hold a lot of nutrients. Yes. But it's... then the lady cut you off then. I believe you were going to say that DIY compost, this sort of compost you make at home, yeah. is really only used as a, a soil conditioner. Would that it's... be correct? Yes, which is what she's mainly using it as. Yes. Right, it, so with it, a, a DIY compost, it doesn't yep. really put a lot of nutrients into the no, ground. No. It's just the... No, and the reason being, if you think about it, you've got a heap of compost or a bin of compost. Where's the nutrient going from your bin or compost? It's going in well, the ground. Out when it you've rains, got it, it runs out, doesn't it, into the ground? You've got it. It's in the ground where your compost bin is. That's where most of the nutrients are. Yeah, However, I can appreciate that, Ken. I've often thought of that, yeah. yeah. However, it is a great soil improver. And with some of the soils that we've got, well, light soils in Essex and there's heavy clay soils, they benefit a great deal from a good compost. And the longer you can leave it composting, the better it is. Okay, Ken, can I just ask you a quick one? Of course you can. Very quick. Am I right in saying February is the end of the pruning season for deciduous trees? Depends what deciduous trees you were talking about. Because Oak tree. A what, what? Oak tree. Well, you're not, it, it'll bleed a bit after that, but quite honestly, if it has to be done, you can, you can do it. It just bleeds a bit, but they seal over quite well. Right, but don't okay, don't okay. be too dramatic, all right? Right. Um, what the landyards? Can I can I trim them up quite hard any time of year? No, never trim a lalandi hard because if you go into bare wood, they will never ever grow again. Oh, I do appreciate that, uh, Ken. But I mean, I've no, got to cut the top of them off. They're too big. Well, if you're doing tops, yes, tops you can do at this time of the year. But don't face them. What we call facing. Don't do facing in case we get any harsh weather because then they'll burn. I understand, but can I cut the tops off yes. any time yep. of year? Yes, you won't hurt them much at all. Thank you very much indeed, Ken. OK, that's a pleasure. If you're trying to get through, I'm sorry that, that the lines are a bit busy at the moment, but we will clear some very, very soon, and that number to call is 0800 111 Uh We will now go to Trisha in Did Hello, Trisha. Hi, Ken. What it is, my hydrangea... Yes. Is, oh, we cut it back last year, and that came on lovely, and... They've got all buds on all over and still got the little flowery bit on the top. I'll yep. keep on for protection. Yep. When can I cut it back or don't I cut it well, back? Well, quite honestly, it's very debatable. When Jeff Hodges is on the programme, he's sceptical that they help at all. I've always left heads on. Um, yeah. until March normally, beginning of March. Right. But right. things are a little ahead this year because of the weather. They are a little ahead. Quite honestly, you could do it now and you would not hurt. Go down to a suitable outward-growing bud and get rid of them and you won't do okay, much harm yeah. at all. Because there's, there's loads of buds on there, yeah. loads of them. Yeah. All right okay, then, Tricia. Thanks ever so much. That's a pleasure. And that's Tricia from Halstead. And we go to Rita in Malden. Hello, Rita. Hello, Ken. Uh, something is eating my daffodil bulbs and crocus flowers. I think hill slugs are to blame. Now, slug clear has been banned. Um, is there anything I can buy? And would a garlic drench help? Some people would say a garlic drench helps. Um, are you sure it's... Is it the flower or is it the green parts? Uh, it's the daffodil bud, the flower The bud. bud. Yes. That's more likely to be birds than anything else. Really? Less, less likely to be slugs. Right. And crocus flowers and snowdrop flowers get eaten. Birds. More really? likely to be birds than anything. Yeah. Well, that's strange because we've got cats in the garden. No, don't get rid of Right. I'll tell you what, try a garlic drench and that might put them off, but uh, there's not much else that you could put on them and I no. wouldn't honestly suggest using a slug deterrent around them no no try try garlic drench see what it does but remember that a garlic drench is only as good as when the weather is dry so don't put it on this weekend because you're wasting no. your time because we got some pretty yeah. rough weather it's one one clove to a pint of water is it something like that yeah yeah you won't go far wrong crush it down and you'll get a nice mix you won't do any harm with it anyway fine Thank All you right. very much. Give yeah, it a go. Yeah. I can't think that it is is uh, slugs at all on that. I really can't. And we go now to Eileen 
in Canby Island. Hello, Eileen. Hello, Ken. I phoned you last week. I don't know if you remember because you have a lot of calls. I phoned you last week about my Andranger covered in scale. Yes, I do remember it indeed. Right. Well, we've decided that in another couple of weeks, weather gets a bit better, we're going to get it out. Right, OK. Well, I, instead of me going out buying more plants, I've got two great big um, rosodendrons. When, what we were going to do is take some earth out, put, fill it with nice new earth, and could I plant a rosodendron, and will I still get scowl with... You're, lo- you're less likely to get scale on a rhododendron and also... Oh, that's what I wanted to know, Ken. But also the rhododendron will be easier to kill them off on than a hydrangea. Um, oh, I see. But how old are your rhododendron and are they growing in the garden? I've got one uh, growing in the garden, but the biggest one I've got is in, in a massive pot, big, big, really big pot. And is that the one you're going to use? Yes. That's the best one to use because if they're in the ground, if they're in the ground, you're going to damage some of the root when you lift them. Whereas that is like buying a container-grown plant from a from a garden. Use some ericaceous compost around it. Ericaceous, yeah. Yeah. Have you got a clay soil or a light soil over? Uh, Ah, well, I don't know. What is it? Well, I'm in Essex, so what do you reckon? Uh, Could be either, but most likely clay light. If it is, dig a hole, but don't just dump. Uh, the compost in the bottom, mix it into the base of the pl- of the hole, yeah. and then with the soil that you've dug out, mix more of it into that. Don't just dump the compost around it, and then put a layer on the surface when you've planted it as a like a mulch around the plant, and that would do really well. That's lovely. While I'm on the phone yep. um, last week, my son rang me up two two days later. He said you was on the phone talking to Ken, Mum. Well, he lives in Bradwell, and he listens to you every. Saturday. That's what I Every like to hear. Saturday without fail. And he's a good gardener, very good, better than me. So I'm just going to say hello, Barry. <laughs> Cheeky one. <laughs> well Thanks done. very much. Well done, Eileen. She got a name check in as well. She's not doing badly. She's a clever girl, isn't she, eh? Uh, let's go to Michael in Great Ballow. Michael. Yeah, good morning. Hi. Um, I did ask you last year, but I can't remember what you said, and I've got a feeling it was leave them alone. Leave them alone, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've got two um, standard oleanders. Yep. Flower absolutely wonderful, but looking a bit straggly and growing a bit big. Okay. When when do I cut them back, and how do I cut them back? Right, what you've got to do with an oleander is you've got to wait till you've got warm weather. Do not do them now at all. Wait till we get through all the sort of frost... I know I say frosty weather. We haven't seen much frost this winter at all. But I still think that you've you've got to hang on in purely because, you know, until we get to sort of Easter, you can't guarantee we're not going to get harsh weather. So I wouldn't risk it. Then I would only prune to shape. You said this straggly. Prune to shape. Cut some of the stems back into the growth area because I imagine it's a sort of rounded sort of bush. Is it on the top? Yeah, it, it looks like you're going to cut the buds all off when you do this. You, you know, will. Like, it looks like you're going to. You will. Cut you it all will. Away. You will be cutting. You will again. be cut. You'll be cutting some of the buds off. But remember, they flower. If your oleander keeps going, it will flower amidst summer. Yes. Yeah. And it goes right through to autumn, doesn't it? Yeah. And then it's too late to prune. So I would just take out some of the branches that are very straggly in the spring. You'll lose a little bit of flower, but you'll get a much better shaped oleander yeah okie dokie all right we'll be, we'll be done Thanks okay michael all the very best and we go to joyce in harlow hello joyce hello i rang you up last year about um caterpillars in my plums yes well i've been down the garden this morning i've noticed there's flowers coming on do i put the pheromone in now or leave it Yep, no, pheromone traps you put out as soon as uh, you've got flower starting to show. Yeah, flower, it's, now. it's a nightmare because it is so early for a plum yes. to flower. I just hope to goodness we don't get any cold weather. But yes, when you've got your flower, that's when you put your pheromone traps out. Yeah, OK, well, thank you very much. That's OK, that's Joyce from Harlow. Um, I just wanted to jump backwards, actually, for a minute because we were talking about uh, red robins and, in fact... I hope that Anthony from Great Totem, who sent me an email, he says, please, can you help me? My red robin has dropped its leaves, black spots, raked up all. But what has happened? New shoots coming. What should I do? Enjoy it. I hope you heard me say you've done it right. You've raked everything up. Get rid of that away from the garden. Don't put it on the compost. 
Um, you've got uh, Fertinia Spot. Don't worry about it particularly. Give them a blooming good feed next month and enjoy the red growth and then prune them, It's uh, it, which is the information I gave a little bit earlier on. We now go to Elizabeth in Lee. Hi, Elizabeth. Well, hello there, Ken. Um, just to say, I have a Christmas tree in a pot, which my granddaughter gave me when she was two. She's now 16, and it's sort of outgrown the pot. And I know it, you can donate a tree to some, you know, where they plant the trees. Is there anywhere I can do this? Whereabouts are you? You're in Lee. Um, I would. I'm just trying to think who you would go to 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 donate a tree. You could try. I would try first your local authority. Okay. That's where I'd start, and if not, there's the Woodland Trust. Right. Okay. That's good one. Yes. So either or, are you an emaily person? No. You're not. Okay. Find them. You can find both of those in the. You know, via the phone. Ring perhaps local authority, and if they aren't interested, which they depends on the council, might be, might not be. Um, how big is it? Did you say? Sorry. How big is it? Um, it's probably only about, I suppose, about two foot. I didn't know whether I could still keep it in there. You could put it into a next size up pot and keep it, Elizabeth. Yes, I suppose I can do. Yeah, that's a better idea. I think. I think that's an even better idea. Enjoy it. Yeah. yeah, I will do. Okay. Will do. Uh, and can you can you not make your show longer, please? All you have to do about my show being longer is write to the manager and tell her that you want a longer show because I don't I don't govern how long my show is. I'm afraid. Okay. Well, you're, you're a hive of information. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you for your comments as well. I'm going to be back to your calls, texts and emails very shortly, but take a final look at some of the top tips I've got for you this week. And it is all about planting. Root board hedging and plants and shrubs. Well, let's start with those. If you want to plant a laurel hedge, a Portuguese laurel hedge, a yew hedge, this is the time of the year to do it. And why I'm going on about it is you can buy a root board laurel say, four or five foot high. You can buy them nine foot high. But seriously, if you want to plant a hedge, they are a third less money in a root ball than they are in a growing in a container. And you get a much better plant. You really do. It's bushy. They're well furnished. They're great. Good time to buy root bald plants. Have a look round. A lot of nurseries and garden centres do sell uh, root bald plants. What it means is that they've dug them up out the field. They've put um, what they call burlap or hessian or a sack of some sort around the plant. It's tied around the neck of the plant where the plant goes to the root. And you plant the whole thing with that sacking into the ground. Put a bit of compost back with the soil that you backfill. That's important. Use a shrub and tree planting compost. And that's what you do maybe a bit of com- uh, fertilizer around them in a few weeks time perhaps march time but it's a great time to do it give them a good water in if, if the root ball is dry because some of the root balls are coming from other parts of the countries uh some from holland some from uh, france and even as far away as spain so there are there are you know uh, they're coming in from all over europe so root bald plants it's a great time to grow them now staying on planting Bare-rooted trees. Now, a bare-rooted tree means it's been dug out of the field. No, and it's just got roots at the bottom. And you can buy those uh, sometimes online and sometimes from garden centres. You can also get bare-root hedging. Uh, There, again, much less money. You can get a simple small hedging, sort of 18 inches high, a hedging for like woodland type hedging, which would include things like hawthorn, quickthorn, um, and uh, acer, acer campester, and hazel. You can get those for about one twenty-five, one fifty a plant. You plant about nine inches apart if you're putting a hedge together, but it's it's such an easy way of doing it. You just put a trench and pop them in a staggered line. Same with bare root trees, you can get those a lot cheaper at this time of the year. It's about a third less money. So that's something else to look at as well. 
Again, all you need to do is see that the uh, root is moist. Plunge it. If it comes in a bit dry, plunge it into a bucket for overnight before you plant it. And then see that um, all trees have a stake, not up to the top. Put the stake at an angle on the base. What you're trying to do is hold the root in the ground so that the root doesn't trail. It's as easy as that. So they are bare-rooted trees, bare-rooted hedging. It's a great time for planting as spring is on its way and the ground is warming up. Let's go now to talk lime trees with Stuart from Southend. Hello, Stuart. Hello. Right, I have this lime tree which is in a pot and it's in, been indoors for about three months. Now, are we talking? Are we talking about a lime as producing limes, like a citrus yes. plant? Right. Okay. Yes. yes. Fine. Uh, so it's about two and a half foot high, 18, 20 inches wide. But suddenly, the, on one side, the leaves are starting to be eaten oh. by something. It's indoors, so it's been indoors for ages. It flowered about a month ago, but mm-hmm. that actually hasn't come to anything. It wasn't anything very pretty. It was just actually just laying there. A bit of a, yeah, all this, yeah, it's all hanging on the leaves where the flowers dropped off. So, it's, uh, has it got good green leaf? Yes. Well, that's the most and, important thing. And, and new growth as well at the top. Excellent. I would, quite honestly, um, I would use an indoor pest spray on it, which you can buy. That's a houseplant pest spray on it. That's what I would oh, use. Right. Oh, I see. Right. Because the obviously... Indoor- if, Yes, because you're, you've got it indoors. You don't want to use anything from outdoor. I would use an indoor plant spray. They're not quite as heavy, and that would should get rid of any bugs that are eating it. You can't see anything at all, I take it. No, not at all, no. They're just rolling over and having a look at it, looking at it now. It's really badly eaten, terribly badly eaten. So where's it eaten? Is it eaten around the edges or? Around the edges. In fact, one, of the, one or two of the leaves have completely almost vanished. When you say they've vanished, are they leaving the veins or not? Uh, no, it's all being eaten. All being eaten. The whole eaten. leaf. That's unusual. Is it in a biggish pot or a smallish pot? Uh, about 18 inches by about at least a foot deep. Right. Can you tap it out? Could you tap it out without damaging it? Could you tap it out from the pot and pull it out to look at it no. or not? I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Not doing a lot of damage. Oh, because what I'm slightly worried about, did it look chewed around the edges? Yes. See, I'm slightly worried that you might have vine weevil in there, but you shouldn't really... You, you do get them on indoor plants. Yeah, um, they def, definitely be chewed by right. something. Right, OK, this is what I suggest you do. After you've gone to bed and all the lights are out, yeah. you then come down and look at it with a torch. Oh. And what what you're looking for is you're looking for a, 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 a sort of gunmetal grey beetle. Ah. Because that is the adult vine weevil. Now, I'm, I'm slightly suspicious that that's what's eating it. There's a, that's the second if, thought. If, if I really carefully look, there, 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 there is, on the back of the leaf, there is like a white spot. No. No, it wouldn't be that, No. They don't. They don't leave any deposit or anything on the leaf at all. Right. If you I can, you, you. I'll tell you what. If you can, send us some pictures. Uh, send them on email, and we'll have a look at them next week for you. Brilliant. Thank you very much indeed. You've been brilliant. Right. And the email address is ken crowther at bbc dot co dot uk. It's as easy as that. I had an email from Stoddart Stewart. I think it's. I, I can't work out Stoddart Cops. Hasn't got a, hasn't got a, he hasn't signed off. He says, can you please tell me if now is the time to hoe the tiny weeds that are now springing up? Well, the answer is yes, it is time to hoe those little weeds that are coming up. But the ground is very soggy. So don't tread on it. Work off a board or work off the edge. I can fit another call in as well on 0800 4041. Or we'll do some texts as well. Uh, good morning, Ken. Maureen from Southminster. 
Uh, she's got some dried. She dried her canna lilies and stored them like dahlias. When should I start them into growth? Thank you, Maureen. Well, quite honestly, with the weather as it is, I reckon you could start them slowly now. Don't overdo it. I imagine that you've either got a cold greenhouse or somewhere with a bit of decent light. Pot them up. Give them a little bit of moisture, but not too much. And just get those eyes to start to shoot. And that is what I would do at this time of the year, Maureen. It's the same with dahlias. There's nothing wrong with dahlias at this time of the year. And something that was on the podcast as a tip for last week was if you are starting off dahlias, it's something that you can do. You can cut them. As long as they got an eye on them, you can cut through them and produce two dahlias from one. So that's something that you could be doing. So they are. There's something to think about. So, yes, canners, you can do that too. Um, let's uh, just uh, listen to your programme. And the lady who has poor compost, could it be that the corrugated iron is taking the heat out of the compost? Can I suggest she tries putting cardboard against the metal side, then putting the compost in? Hopefully this will help raise the temperature. Cycle the Recycle the cardboard too. One of your regular listeners, that's Mike from Chelmsford. So thank you, Mike. That is an interesting one because, let's face it, we get lots of cardboard and lots of stuff to deal with. So, yes, that's a great idea as well. We can just nip in back to the phones here and we'll go back to talk uh, to... Who are we going to talk to? Yvonne from Eastwood. Hello, Yvonne. (laughs) Hello. Hello, and what have we got from you? Oh, yes, I've... uh... All my pansies are dying. Now, I've always put um, wire valves, multi-purpose compost in, and they've been beautiful, but, of course, that has now closed, that place. So I went over to Evergreen Irish multi-purpose compost. Now, That's all right. I'm, yeah, but I'm wondering. It's very dark right. and it's okay. Could <clears throat> this be that it's too rich for yeah. them? No, no. All the compost, is, compost have very little co- uh, fertiliser in them, not a huge amount of fertiliser at all. Now, no. where are you? tell me a bit more about where you're growing them. Are they in the ground or are they in a container? What are they doing? Uh, they're in the ground and pots in a south-facing garden. Right, OK. They've always been beautiful until right. different compost. OK. Now, if you go to them and sort of not tug them but touch them, do they come out? Yes, the roots are still there, but all the leaves are withered. Right, as long as the roots are there. Our first question was about vine weevil, so let's check that out, yeah? Yeah. So fine, that's the first thing I would worry about. Second thing is, on them, if you've been growing them in the pots, do you always replace the compost? Yes, you do. Every year I replace it completely, yeah. And they haven't grown very well at all there either? They've just died. Peculiar, peculiar, most peculiar. I... I have got no idea why they died. You see, they do struggle with pansy sickness if they're grown continuously in the same area, but you're not growing them in the ground in the same area, are you? No, um, in pots and borders, and every year we change all our compost and we put different compost in. You're doing the, the right thing. And then, and then later on, when we do our begonias, we put different yeah. compost in. Right, and they were in flower when you put them in or in bud when you put them in? Well, it, it, you know, just in bud. No easy answer for you. No. no easy answer. I would, um, what would I do? I'd go back to Garden Centre and ask them whether anybody else has had this trouble. That's something that you can do. Yeah, uh, but yeah. what, I wouldn't complain, complain. I would request because in my, uh, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with the compost. No, I thought perhaps it was too rich. It's very no. black and dark, you no, know. No, that's a lot of, a lot of, they do vary quite a bit, compost yeah, to compost. Yeah. 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 No simple okay. answer for you, I'm afraid, Yvonne, so I'm sorry about that. Let's go to Sylvia. Hello, Sylvia. Hello, Ken. What could we do? You've got a lemon tree, have you? Yes, I had a lemon tree bought for Christmas. It's actually beautiful. The buds were... Just yep. loads of buds. It looked lovely. And then I had it on the kitchen windowsill, and uh-huh. all the buds started to fall off. I thought, oh, is it too dry or is it drafty? because uh, they were just falling off in, I say, hundreds, because it had so many buds on it. Right. But now I put it up on the window edge, and um, a lot of the flowers that did come out have died off, and in the middle there's a little green, like a seed. Would that be fruits coming? 
It could be, but what they don't like is being keep moving them around. You've got to settle a citrus plant in one position. Well, I so, put it on the landing windowsill and I'm feeding it once a no, week because there's one lemon on it. I know what you're doing now, but you said I moved it from here to here. Try well, and leave. It was given to me. I didn't know where to put it. No, right. If you've... Everything around, so I put it on the kitchen windowsill and this is where the buds were falling yeah. off. Okay. Time. Leave it where you, Leave it where it is and... Treat it kindly. Use it a good citrus feed, and I think you'll find that that will come back to to being a lovely lemon tree. But don't keep moving it out. Leave it on the landing. That's the way to do it. I like this one. Are there any house plants I can buy that will disguise or absorb stale cigarette smoke? I'd say give up smoking. I think that's a much better idea. Um, I seriously do because I house plants will help, but they can't get rid of it. Nothing will get rid of it. We've given a, been given a plant which we believe to be a Californium carp, carpetica, carpetica. Pretty white flowers. Once upon a time, it was planted in the garden but suffered, so put it in a pot. Still suffering. Should they stay in California? That's so. Possibly, I think you've got uh, a non-hardy plant that you're treating a bit harshly. Try and put it somewhere uh, that's you know that's a bit sheltered and you should be able to look after it much better that's that's what i would do is it carpatica i was trying to look at a picture of it but have i looked at a picture yes it is i know what it is now yes it is a uh, quite a soft plant and it does need looking after you can't do that to things you can't just stuff them out in the garden and expect them to react favorably so look after it keep it in that conservatory through the winter and it will be a lot lot happier indeed so they are that's what you should do and that's what you should think about in the future thank you very much for listening to the bbc Essex gardening hour podcast if you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave you can download this program and take it with you on the bbc sounds app don't forget you have a gardening question for us why not give us a call Yes, next week you can join us between 11 and 12 for gardening here on BBC Essex. That number to call would be 0800 111 40 41 and be part of that programme.